Now, I love the sermon that Pastor Kyle preached last week on spiritual gifts, and we do want to encourage you guys, for those of you that want to just maybe uh, explore spiritual gifting a little bit more, I do want to encourage you to join us next weekend for our Empowered Conference with Pastor Scott Kuhn, and it'll be a great time Friday night. I believe we start at 6.30, it'll go till about 9, and then Saturday morning from 9 to 2, we want to encourage you to, to check it out. Stop by guest services today, as Bronny Todd mentioned in the video, if you need more information about that. See how many of you can finish this statement for me. Like sands through the hourglass. Okay, some of you watch way too many soap operas. Some of you watch way too many soap operas. For those of you that don't know what just happened in this room at that moment, those are words spoken at the start of a soap opera entitled The Days of Our Lives, right? And since its beginning in, 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 in 1965, in fact, November the 8th, every episode begins with those words. So long before Roman Brady or Sammy or any of those, not that I would know anything about that. Just a transparent moment here in the life of a pastor. You ready for this? Are you sitting down? I don't know if you can handle this. I played college baseball and we spent many afternoon, long hours on a baseball field. I'm going to let you know. That we began our pre-workout ritual was sitting oftentimes in the room watching Days of Our Lives. It just seemed to inspire us and uh, spur us on towards living moral lives because that show is immoral. Just kidding. You know that. Those words are spoken at the beginning of every episode as, as we watch that hourglass. And as we watch the sand kind of filter through from the top portion down to the bottom. So far, that that, that time has not run out. In fact, just a little research. Some of my researchers provided this data for me. Not that I would know, but Days of Our Lives has been renewed through September of 2016. And remember, our word is breakthrough for you this year. Will it end then? Will it run out? Who knows? Only time will tell. But our days are numbered, aren't they? This morning, I want us to talk about time. This morning in particular, I want us to dive in and see how we are using our time for God. Now, we've been talking the last few weeks about ways that that we have been resourced or ways that we have been gifted. And we're going to continue over the next few weeks talking about some things that that are at our disposal, not just so that we can brag or boast or say, look what I have or or what have you. But more importantly, we're talking about things that, 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 that we have available to us to use to further the kingdom of God. Amen. And today we want to talk about that subject of Time. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would really like to know how to better manage your time in your lifetime? Right? Yeah, I think all of us. How many of you struggle with time management? Did you ride here with anybody today that struggles with time management? Right? Dudes, you probably can understand a little bit, right? We say we're leaving it this time. And it's just, it's, it's whenever it happens. Amen. How many of you struggle with being late at time, right? How many of you were late getting to worship this morning? Yeah. Shame on you. 
think all of us in here would just say, I just wish I had a better handle on time. I have one more question for you this morning. How many of you feel that the way we manage our time is a spiritual issue? You ever thought about it? How I manage my time is a spiritual issue. After waiting for more than an hour and a half for her date, the young lady decided that she'd been stood up. And so she changed from her dinner dress back into her pajamas and her slippers, or as we call it around our home, her comfies. And she popped some popcorn and she resigned herself for the evening of just sitting on her couch and watching TV. No, no sooner had she flopped down on, on, on the couch in front of the TV than the doorbell rang and, and there stood her date. And he took one look at her and he gasped, I'm two hours late and you're still not ready? <laughs> we talk a lot about time, don't we? We say that we don't have enough time to do this or that, or we say that time is passing and, or time is wasting away, or if you're a DC Talk fan, time is ticking away, tick, tick, ticking away, right? We spend time trying to make time, and so many of us just, if I just had more time, the truth of the matter is this, there is something we all have in common in this room this morning. We all have been given the same amount of time each day, haven't we? We can buy more time in a day or we can't buy more time in a day. We can't reduce the amount of time in the day. We all have been given the same amount of time. There may be days in which you wish you had more. There might be times in which, hey, I just wish this day would end, right? But time, time is important to us. And here's what I want you to see this morning. The way we use our time says a lot about the priorities we have in life. The way we use our time says a lot about the priorities we have in life. We all have the same amount. We all have seven days in a week, 24 hours in each day. We all get those same 168 hours every single week. We have no choice when it comes to the amount of time given us. But we do, however, have a choice as to how we use it. We do have a choice in how you're going to divide up those 168 hours this week. And for this reason, time is indeed a precious commodity, as well as an equalizing factor for every one of us in this room Today, So the key question is this, how do I best use my time to serve God and to serve others? That's what I want to challenge you with today, is how are you using your time to serve God and to serve others? In the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, we read this verse. And whatever you do or say, do it as a what? representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The way you use your time defines who you really are. 
And, and I just really believe, and, and, and I'm a pastor, and you probably expect to hear something like this from me, but I believe that being a Christian should change our priorities. I, I believe that for someone who has said yes to Jesus, who has been given an incredible gift of love and mercy, we sang that just a few moments ago, we're sinking deep in mercy See, Is anybody thankful for the love and mercy of Jesus Christ? I just really believe that as someone who's been the recipient of this free gift, I didn't do anything to earn that. It was a free gift of love from God in, in heaven. I'm just thinking as someone who said yes to him and been given this great gift for someone who has time and time again been, been issued forgiveness and grace and patience from a great God in heaven, for, for someone who, who, who God has withheld wrath and judgment because believe it, I've deserved it over the course of my lifetime and you have too. I just really believe how in the world knowing that God sees me that way and has treated me that why in the world would I not somehow want to prioritize him with my time? I believe that every Christian should change our priorities and how we view this gift of time. Simply put, here's what I would say. Our calendars must be redeemed not long after our souls are redeemed. I mean, why else would anybody want to spend their day off helping people with needs at their house? Why, why else would, would anybody want to volunteer at, at a church after serving and working all week at another job, 40-hour a week for a living, just to send it on down the line, amen? Why else would I then want to volunteer and serve in a church? Well, why else would, would I want to give food to hungry people? Well, why else would, would I ever consider teaching a kid's class on a Sunday morning? They're crazy. They're animals. Why in the world would I ever consider that? Well, I just really believe because of what God has done for me and how he has given me an incredible opportunity to use this thing that I have called time, this same thing that you have called time for his glory and for his purposes. Time is a valuable commodity. The Greeks understood this truth. And so they had two words that they would use for this word time. One of those words was chronos. It's the word that means sequential time or, or chronological time. It's, it's, it's time in, in minutes and seconds, chronos. The second word that they would use for time was this word, kairos. And it's a word used for, for just a window of time or, or an opportune time or, or the right time. A time that opens itself up and, and one needs to be ready to make the most of it when this kairos happens. The problem is, we don't always operate on Kairos time. We, we, we fill our calendars with, with one task after another. We, we fill our calendars with, with one meeting after another. So many of us, in fact, when we have so much Kronos, we feel like, man, we're, we're not living, right? We, we need to fill it up with something. We've got to keep something scheduled 
to make us feel maybe valuable. And because we do, because we fill so much of our chronos up, what happens oftentimes is we miss those kairos moments. Are you with me today? Listen, as I stated just a few minutes ago, we only have so much chronos time. But I'm telling you, we have even fewer kairos moments. We have even fewer kairos time. That's why the apostle Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians to wake up. He tells us to pay attention as to how we are living our life. Look what he says in chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. He says this, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most or the best use of the time because the days are what? They're evil. Now notice this word walk. Be careful then, look careful how you Walk. Paul used that word walk seven times in this writing, and this is the last in the seven times that you find it in Ephesians. And Paul has hammered home this idea that, that for those of us in Christ, there was an old way that we used to walk. Before Christ, you were a different person, weren't you? I, I hope. I, I hope that, 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 that you're different since you met Jesus. And Paul is hammering, he's, he's trying to remind his, his audience, listen, before you met Jesus, there was an old way that you walked, but because now you are people of the light, Christ's light has shined on you, we have a new way that we should walk. And so from here on out, what he's writing in, in Ephesians and, and, and on through the rest of his letters is he gives us examples of how we should walk and how we should look. And what he's saying here is there's, 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 there's basically two, there's two ways we can use our time as we walk. There, there, there are two, oper- two ways. You, you can either live them as unwise, he says, or you can live them as someone who is wise. We can either use our time to be unwise. Some translations there use the word foolish, or you can be wise with it. And I think what Paul would want his audience to understand, and I think what the Holy Spirit would want us to understand in this moment today, is that wise people make the best use of the time. You see, the time... This time that he's talking about, this time that we're trying to encourage us to wrap our minds around this morning is that Kairos time. Listen, Jesus' followers are people who watch out for those moments or seasons when there is an opportunity. An opportunity not just to schedule something, but an opportunity to make a difference for Christ. An opportunity, you might say, to advance his kingdom. And when we see those moments, we're to purchase them. We are to redeem them. We're to snatch those moments of time up. That's making the best use of our time. Using our time, using those kairos moments to advance the kingdom, to make a difference for our Father in heaven. Why would we need to do that? Well, Paul says in verse 16, the reason we need to make good use of our time is because, can we go back to that verse 5, 15 through 16? Because look at the last phrase. The days are what? They're evil. 
You see, even as Paul was writing these, these words, there was impurity and greed that were rampant in the culture of the day. Sexual immorality ran rampant. There was a lack of knowledge of God and they permeated all these thoughts and many more permeated the days of Paul. I'm glad that we don't deal with any of those subjects today. I'm glad that that was so BC, you know, that we don't need to deal with those times. Let's be honest. Those are the same things that we face in our times today, isn't it? Greed, immorality, lack of a knowledge, acknowledgement of who God is. And if we're not careful, what, what, what will happen to us is we will let these Kairos moments get away from us. We, we, we oftentimes allow these, the, 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 the chronos time to be filled up with just meaningless things that, that in reality don't lend itself whatsoever to Kairos. If we don't look carefully at how we walk, listen, here's what's going to happen. We will waste our lives. We will waste our lives. I, I have the privilege, and I call it a privilege. I have a privilege of, of, of doing many funerals. I've done a lot of funerals over 25 years in, in, in ministry. And, 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 and I'm telling you, those times in which I'm with those families and, and, and people that are gathered in which the believer lived their life well, those are easy moments. Those are easy services. But, but I'm telling you, there are those other times over 25 years, those two, Big Matt, in which, I'm going to be honest with you, it's been a struggle to find a, something nice to say or something kind or encouraging to say about someone. Hey, live your life in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> Tweet that mess. <laughs> live your life in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. See, that's taking advantage of those Kairos moments. Well, then it leads us to a great question. How do we snatch those moments up? How do we take advantage of those Kairos moments? Look what Paul says as he continues writing in Ephesians 5, verse 17. He says this, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The word he chooses here for foolish was used in the Septuagint, which was the Greek translation of the Old Testament. This word foolish used in the Septuagint was for one who denied God. Listen, if we want to come to an understanding of what the will of the Lord is and how we make the most of our time, then we need to look at how Jesus spent his time. How did Jesus spend his time? Look at who Jesus spent time with. You, you, you don't find him spending it with a lot of religious people. In fact, when he spent it with them, he oftentimes got a little torqued off, didn't he? Didn't go so well. Didn't go so well. Who did Jesus spend his time with? Look, look, look at those moments that, that Jesus found. Look at how he captured those moments for God's purposes. You think he was hungry that day before he fed the multitudes? Absolutely. His dream team, the disciples were famished. They were ready to make a run for the border, but there was still work to be done. You think Jesus, he was hungry. He was fully God, but yes, he was fully man. I think he was hungry. I think Jesus got tired of people. 
But yet we find in all of those situations, Jesus capturing those moments that his father in heaven wanted to use him. In fact, look what it says in John chapter 5, verse 19 about him. Jesus explained this. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Hey, you want to know what you should be doing as a Christian? Look at this next line. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Hey, you dazed and confused this morning, wondering what God's will is for your life? Hey, just do whatever God would do. That's what Jesus did. And although he was fully man, there were times in which he thought maybe like we would tend to think, but yet he was fully God. And he said, you know what? Okay, this is not about me. That this is not my time. And although I would rather go and rest or lay down or go eat something here or, or I'd rather get away from these groups of people or I really don't want to go to that assignment, God, that I feel you're sending me to, you know what? Hey, listen, this is not about me. In fact, I think he said this somewhere else, not my will, but yours be done. You see, it all boils down to two major things. Jesus watched for opportunities to love God and to love people. Listen, you can't schedule those types of moments with Kronos time. In fact, if I could encourage you with something this morning, you need to learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. You, you, you can't just, you, 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 can't, you can just fill up your schedule and stay busy. Appointment after appointment after appointment. Club sport after club sport after club sport. This, this, I mean, you can do all of that. You can, you can. But I'm telling you, there's an image that comes to my mind for people like that. And it's that hamster and that wheel. Just running. And you're not getting anywhere. What would happen if we learned to say yes to the best and no to the rest? What would happen if we learned to redeem and look for these Kairos moments, these brief windows of opportunities that all of us are going to have to take advantage and use them for the glory of God? Church, we need to redeem the time. Amen? You know what that means, parents? That means you have only a limited of time to influence your kids for Christ. And the sand is running out. That means, Christian, you have only a limited amount of time to love your neighbor. Because that sand is running out. That that, that means you have only a limited number of lunch opportunities or a limited number of casual chats where someone just might open up to you so that they can find God. That sand is running out. That, that, That means for all of us, we only have a limited amount of times where we can make an impact with the gospel of Jesus That sand is, it's running out. It is said that only 22 million of America's 316 million residents are going to church. Only 22 million out of 316 million Americans are going to church. The devil is snatching every opportunity to take people's focus off God. We should be just as vigilant as he is to redeem these Kairos moments. Are you with me? 
In fact, in the rest of Ephesians, Paul tells us to redeem time in our marriages. He tells us you need to redeem time in your relationships with your children. Paul even writes and says, hey, listen, in the workplace, look for these kairos moments and redeem them. He tells us the battle is so real. In fact, he even writes something about putting on an armor of God. Amen. We've got to be ready. The enemy's winning in so many areas. He's keeping people busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And he's winning the victory. Kairos. Kairos. We sang a song earlier today and I had to sit down for just a moment. We sang these words, Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. I wondered if that would be more than just words on a screen today, but really would be the cry of our heart. You see, if Jesus Christ really is our one desire, I am taking advantage of Kairos. And I am making a difference for my Father in heaven. Your priorities, your schedule. I mean, think about it right now. You probably already have, for some of you, your week is already full. Where is time for Kairos? You see, Kronos moments are disappearing with each second. And our Kairos moments are too. Let's make the best use of them. Whether someone goes to heaven or hell is dependent on whether or not during one of those 36,792,000 minutes of their 70 years of life here on earth, it is all dependent if he or she took just one minute, just one minute to say yes to Jesus. Just one minute to say, listen, I'm making a decision to live for Jesus Christ. Church, listen, your clock is ticking. It's ticking down. Your time is running out for you to do, Christian, what God requires of you. He's given you time. How are you using it? The first step is for you, for some of you in this room, maybe this morning to say yes to Jesus Christ. The second is for you to begin living the life that God has for you. There's a time for everything. And the time for my message is up. (laughs) I'm gonna invite our prayer ministry team to come to the front at this time and just make themselves available because I believe that this morning there's someone here that needs to say yes to Jesus Christ. Or there's someone here this morning that just says, you know what, I'm struggling or dealing with this. And that's why we stand down front every week is we wanna give you an opportunity to come and just let us come alongside of you and pray with you and encourage you, affirm you. Maybe you're dealing with some junk or funk in your life. The enemy is winning. It seems like a battle uh, or a victory in your life. There's a battle that is raging. I'm telling you, there's nothing more relieving than to know that there's another brother. So can you guys kind of spread out? Come on out in the light. light. I want people to see how good looking y'all are. We don't have ugly prayer ministry team members. They're all beautiful. 
I want y'all to see them. This morning, as we leave this morning, I want you to know that we're here. And if we can pray and encourage you, if we can help you say yes to Jesus, or if we can encourage you or pray with you over something you're dealing with, that's why we are here. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray us out. Time. What will you do with it? Are you going to live in Kronos this week, or are you going to look for Kairos? You're just going to fill up your schedule? Or are you going to look for an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God? So, Lord, I pray that we would use our time wisely. God, that we would understand that you have given us all the same amount of time this week. God, I pray that we would use it well and make the most of every opportunity. Why? The days are evil. And our society and our culture demands that we as the church, the blood-bought, the redeemed, the saints, the heirs to the throne, the sons and daughters of a king, it demands, God, that we stand for you and that we tell your story. Kairos. Kairos. Father, as we leave this place today, maybe we need to go and delete some things on on a schedule this week. God, maybe we need to seek you and ask you to give us eyes to see moments that you're going to present to us to make a kingdom difference. God, maybe there's someone here this morning that before they leave, they need to run to the front and they need to say yes to Jesus. We're not guaranteed another moment. We're not guaranteed more time. And Lord, I pray that the time right now or the time is now for them to say yes to Jesus. And as I say amen in just a few moments. God, that they would run to the front and tell one of our prayer team, I need Jesus. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that they're carrying around a load of guilt or shame. There's there's a battle that's being waged in their life. Lord, I pray that today they will also understand that you're greater than anything and that you desire to be with them in the midst of whatever they're facing. They would also come today, Father, and just let one of our team members pray over them and encourage them. It's time. It's time. Amen.